We'll have a congregation of the Lord. Please turn in your Bibles once more to Luke chapter 5, and we will read verses 12 and 13. Luke 5, verses 12 and 13. And it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. Beloved congregation, the Lord's Supper is a wonderful blessing from the Lord. It is a means of strengthening the faith, strengthening the assurance of believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord loves his people so much He desires not only that they be saved, but that they know that they are saved, that they experience the joy of their salvation. And such is the purpose of this holy feast. A feast not only with our mouths, but with our hearts and with our souls. We feast upon Christ and Him crucified, all that He is, all that He has done, a most precious thing. And so it's a very sad thing when a true believer in Jesus Christ feels the reluctance to come to the supper. The Lord did not suggest, the Lord did not even plead, but he commanded, do this, do this in remembrance of me. For the believer, this is not a suggestion, but a Requirement and a requirement that we are to do so with hearts filled with joy and longing for Him. But you see, sometimes the temptation to hold back for a true believer not to come to the supper of the Lord, it arises from this look at my heart, look at my life, look at all the weaknesses and infirmities which I see within myself, which I hate, which I despise. I can barely even come to tolerate myself. How is it that I have any place in the Holy Supper of the Lord? And so it was with this leper, defiled, polluted, we saw last week, totally aware of his corruption, seeking a priest in the manner appointed that he could be made clean. He comes upon the Lord Jesus Christ, and we have these words spoken unto him, I will be thou clean. You see, congregation, we come to this supper not to testify that we are worthy or righteous in ourselves, but rather we seek our life and righteousness out of ourselves in the Lord Jesus. And my hope and prayer is that the children of God would have their hearts stirred and strengthened by this text as we prepare 
for the Lord's Supper. Simply our theme is the leper cleansed. The leper cleansed. And we will see Christ's encouragement and Christ's power. And finally, we trust at the table, we will speak a word about Christ's instruction. So Christ's encouragement and Christ's power. Was ever there a man who needed encouragement? The experience of this leper was surely one of the most sorrowful and painful things that one could experience. Children, how would you feel if someone told you, you need to leave your home? You need to leave your mom and dad. You need to leave your brothers and sisters. You need to go to a place where you've never been, where no one knows you because you have a terrible affliction, a terrible disease that no human being can cure. You have to be put outside the camp, outside of the presence of God. And whenever someone draws near, wandering Along your path, you need to cry out, unclean, unclean, get away from me. If you are in my presence, you are defiled. You see, that was the thing about it. Not only that it was painful physically to have this affliction, but spiritually it was a sign of your separation from the people of God, from his worship, and from the blessing and grace of God. A terrible judgment from the Lord. And so what must this leper have experienced? How long had it been? Weeks or months or years? Separated from family and friends, looking like a walking corpse feeling himself separated from any blessing from on high. And now he finds this Savior. He finds this Christ, the Messiah. How much did he know? How much had he pieced together? Well, he had pieced together this much. He was a most needy beggar. And here was one who could help. He falls down at the face of Jesus and he says those words which we reflected upon last Sabbath afternoon. Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. What comes through there? Christ has the power to do it, but will he do it for me? Yes, he may do it for others, but what about me also? Is there... Something that beats in his heart for me. I wonder if you've ever experienced rejection. Maybe you've opened up yourself a little bit towards someone and you'd hope that they would accept you, hope that they would receive you, hope that they would love you, only to find that you're spurned and turned away. You are despised. You are Rejected, unclean, unworthy of love. It can be a shattering thing. It can be the sort of thing that makes you even change your perception of God and of Christ. 
If others will not accept me as I am, if I am that far gone, if I am that twisted, then how is it that one who knows me altogether, one who can see the very thoughts of my heart, how is it that he could possibly accept me? Oh, what a wonderful thing it is when the Lord Jesus would speak unto your soul, sinner. You who have transgressed his laws, you who are unworthy of any blessing from above, you indeed who have earned hell a million times over, when the Lord Jesus speaks unto your soul and says, not only up for others, also for you, I will be thou cleansed. But know this, not only the words, but also the hand. He stretches out that hand and he puts it on this leper who is prostrate, laid before him, likely weeping and pleading at his feet. Disciples maybe look on. Here is the holy Jesus. Here is the righteous master. Here is our Lord. How can he have anything to do with this foul creature that stands before us? This walking dead man. How can anyone possibly have anything to do with him? Let alone this one who is spotless and righteous. This one who is utterly undefiled, separate from sinners. And yet he reaches out his hand and touches this leper. The one who has no defilement whatsoever, he touches the one who is the most defiled and says, I will, I will. The word of Christ conquering and overcoming the the flickering and the trembling, doubting heart. You know, the Lord Jesus would not have you in suspense, believer. The Lord Jesus would not have you to prove anything to him before you know of his love. The Lord Jesus would have you to know that his love for you is an everlasting love. It is a firm love. It is a resolute love. It is a pure love. It is a holy love. The Lord Jesus wills that you be cleansed. The Lord Jesus wills that you be happy and blessed forever. Whatever else others may think about you, however else others may have disregarded you, whoever else may have turned their back upon you, here is one who has utter acceptance towards the broken, trembling sinner who comes unto him in faith. He says, I will, I will. And will you say, he says I will, and I cannot, I cannot believe it. For others, perhaps, but for me, even, for me, and after what I have done, perhaps this week, or perhaps this morning, or perhaps in my thoughts, even this hour, And the Lord Jesus says, if there is a willingness to come, if there is a desire for me, if there is a forsaking of sin, then indeed this love is for you. Be assured, 
am persuaded that I desire you to be cleansed. I desire you to be healed. In Mark chapter 1, verse 41, Mark tells the same story, and he says, And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. What a great thing to know that the Lord Jesus has a compassionate heart. It's a qualification for a priest, you see, for a priest to be in the business of cleansing, to be in the business of blessing, to be in the business of bringing people into the favor of God. He must have a heart for the one who is separated, for the one who is unclean. Hebrews 4 Verse 15, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. How great is the compassionate heart of the Lord Jesus unto the sinner. How completely must we come before him without reservation, without holding back, coming before that throne of grace, knowing that he hears, knowing that he cares, knowing that he desires your salvation. Would you imagine a high priest who was completely unmoved by your cares and concerns? A high priest who says, well, good luck to you. Too bad, so sad. I've got other things to worry about, other ones that need my attention. No, here is a priest who says even unto you, dear one, my heart of compassion is for you. Indeed, how could anyone presume upon the love of God towards him, or it not for the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is it that we may know of God from this world, from our own consciences, from the law imprinted there on our hearts? We know he is most just. We know that he is righteous. We know he is completely fair. We know that he is long-suffering to the wicked, but also perfectly just. And we know that he is infinitely righteous, and we know that he must punish all evil. All these things you could know. And yet how is it that people take comfort from these things? If we would rightly know these things, wouldn't it make us be like this leper and fall on our faces and weep and tremble before the presence of God? There's only one thing that can lift us up from that lowly place. There's only one thing that can bring us that sweet assurance and comfort of knowing our acceptance before the Lord, and that is the coming of the Lord Jesus unto our soul. You know, the priests of old, they would go outside the camp, go outside the camp in the search of that leper who could be brought back in through the cleansing of the Old Testament law. 
And how wonderful to know that the Lord Jesus came forth in the fullness of time as that perfect revelation, not only of the Lord's love for himself and his will and of all holiness, but even his love for sinners. 1 John 4, verse 8. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. John 1, verse 16. And of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace for the law was given by Moses But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. This is that revelation of the Lord's will towards you, sinner, that can actually bring you to the place of wholeness, to the place of peace, to the place of cleansing, to the place of realizing your purpose, to that place where you would be beloved not only for time but for eternity. That is the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. John 3, verse 17, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. There's only this that we must do this morning. And that is fix our eyes upon this one who says, I will. I will. Here's the revelation of God's grace and peace. Here is the one who would have you be brought perfect before the Father. Here's the one who will receive you as you are. Not for your own sake, but for the sake of his boundless love toward the unworthy. Note that leper, Christ's encouragement to this leper, but also Christ's power displayed to this leper. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leper leprosy rather, departed from him. And here we see the great difference, the great difference between the priests of the old covenant and our great high priest under the new. Those priests under the old covenant, they could make you ceremonially clean. Through the blood of bulls and goats and other things, there was a cleansing of the flesh. But here we have one who can do over and beyond all that we could ask or think. He not only makes this man clean ceremonially, he removes the leprosy. And such is the sign that he is restored both body and soul into the presence of God, that his soul is purified and that he is accepted of the beloved. This is what we need, congregation. We need this cleansing power of Christ. It's what you need, what I need. And to experience it, to know it as yours, is the greatest of things. To have everything else and to lack this one thing, 
is the worst, is the worst of tragedies. To be so close unto the cleansing power of Christ and then to fall short is the worst thing I can imagine. You have the cleansing power of Christ. Note here, the Lord Jesus, he speaks and it is so. It's not the case that it has to go through stages. You have to go through this amount of penance. You have to go on this amount of pilgrimages. You have to memorize this number of verses. You have to pass this many theology exams. No, he says it in an instant. I will be thou clean. And so it is the moment that you are united unto Christ by that living faith. The moment he draws close unto you and brings you into union with himself. You have his salvation whole and complete and entire, never to be lost. Here we have the soul saved by the priest of the new covenant. A comprehensive salvation, a perfect cleansing separated from the foul use of sin, separated from the dominion of darkness, separated unto the holy blessedness of union with the divine Father, separated unto the kingdom of light, separated unto heaven and the joys unspeakable, made clean. How can this be so? Well, we know, do we not, that where God speaks, it is so. Where God speaks, his words are not like yours or mine. He brings into reality that which he says. Children, you know that, don't you? You know that in the beginning, God said what? Let there be light. And there was light. God speaks and it happens. You don't have to wait and find out, is it going to come to pass? No, where God has spoken, the reality holds true. Psalm 33 verse 9, For he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Such is the word of God. And here we have the word of not no mere man, but the voice of God himself, the incarnate God, the Lord Jesus, the everlasting one, who's eternally been in the bosom of the Father, the Son of God who is enfleshed in our humanity. He yet speaks not with the voice of a man, but with the voice of God. And you know this, don't you? That he is there on the boat and the wind and the waves would consume his poor little group of friends and followers. And he has but to say, peace, be still. And the wind and the waves obey him. You have that, that father who brings his demon-possessed boy before the Lord Jesus saying, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief in the Lord Jesus. He says, thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. Even the devil must obey and the, and the boy is restored unto his father. There you have Lazarus rotting in his tomb. 
The sister says, don't go near him, he stinks. And what happens? The Lord Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. And even the very dead must come out of their tombs. Because where the Lord Jesus speaks, it holds true. It must happen. Anything else could happen. This whole world could be dissolved in an instant. Things that you held to be firm and certain, they may prove to just be an illusion. But here's the one thing that you may know for certain that will never change. Where the Lord Jesus speaks, it happens. The Lord Jesus is all might and power and authority, both in heaven and on earth. He is the one who created and fashioned the worlds. He is the one who holds your very existence in the palm of his hand. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. We cannot do anything, even so much as move, without his permission. But he needs permission from no one. He speaks, and it is so. And so the Lord Jesus says, I will be thou clean. And do you hear the wails of hell? Do you hear the wails of the demons and Satan saying, How can it be so? You cast us forth from heaven into chains of darkness for our sin. And we accuse, we say there is unrighteousness with God. How could this polluted, foul sinner be be called clean? How is it that the Son of God could utter such blasphemy that this one who is a hell-deserving sinner is cleansed and brought into communion with the true and living God? Well, the Lord Jesus may answer back this perfect advocate we have with the Father. This one I claim for myself, this one I pronounce clean, is not clean for anything he has done or anything in him, but he is clean because of what I have done. I think of those most interesting words found in Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 where the Lord Jesus is commencing with his miraculous um, wonders as well as his preaching. And it says in Matthew 8, verse 16, When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. And then it says this in verse 17, That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. He took our infirmities. He took our sicknesses. He took our defilement upon himself. He who knew no sin was made sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. This foul, polluted leper, the least you would think worthy to come into the presence of God, is made clean because the Lord Jesus takes the uncleanness upon himself. He stretches forth his hand not only to signify that this one is received, but to signify that by his purity he can even remove the defilement that lives in his people. Do you come this place 
with a heart and soul of darkness, well, here is light. Do you come into this place with ignorance and folly? Here is wisdom. Do you come into this place with sin and pollution? Well, here is righteousness and purity. Here is one who makes you whole. Here is the one who makes all things new. Here is the one who can present you faultless before the throne of his Father. The Lord Jesus makes us clean by taking our defilement upon himself. And so you have those words which we read in Hebrews 9, verse 11. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkleth, sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Or Hebrews 10 verse 14, for one offering, by one offering, he hath perfected forever those who are being sanctified. You see, it was not, if it were not for the dead, death of Christ, were it not for his sufferings, for his cries of agony, there could be no cleansing for us. By bearing his, our iniquities, by bearing our uncleanness, he took it all the way into the cross and dealt with it there. Here is why he could say, be thou clean. And here is why he says also to you today, believer, you are clean. Know it. Believe it. Live in the light of it. Do not doubt his word. Do not doubt his willingness. Is more willing to cleanse than you are to be cleansed. More willing to, re- to bestow all that you need than you are to receive this one thing that is needful. Where you may come with such imperfect faith, with such confused thoughts, with all sorts of other imperfections, you must know only this. There is no imperfection with him. He invites all sinners to come before him to receive of himself his righteousness, his life, his fullness, his all. Receive.